There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. We welcome you to the Send the Light podcast today. This is Mike Bolton with Matt Tyson. So happy that you can join us. So just thrilled that you're willing to spend time studying the Word of God, talking about the Word of God, and thinking about the Word of God with us today. We want to bring you Bible conversations that Matt and I have about the Scriptures and about the, what they mean and how to apply them in our lives. So we thank you for your time and we thank you for your support. Whatever platform that you're watching on, we would be thrilled if you'd give us a like in, in whatever form that may be. We assemble with the Cedar Terrace Church of Christ in Waterloo, Iowa. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo at 10.30 on Sunday mornings and at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. You are welcome. We would love to have you. We also have lots of free material, uh, absolutely free, to mail to you uh, via regular U.S. mail or email, however you prefer. And we love to get together and talk about the Scriptures with people in person. And as you'll see, we both have a cup of coffee in front of us. So we We like coffee. And we like to talk to people about the Word of God. That's our favorite conversation topic. Today we're going to talk about the resurrection. I know that might be a little bit of a heavy topic compared to some of the others that we've done. It's a big topic, and it will take us several episodes to cover it. Uh, And even when we think we're done with it, we won't have covered everything that can be said about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That won't happen successfully, I'm sure, but we'll visit the resurrection often in the coming weeks. Before we do, Matt, would you lead us in a prayer? Sure. Let's go ahead and pray. Our almighty and righteous Father in heaven, we understand that you have all the power that there is and there is to to have, and, and we're so thankful that you use your, your power and your majesty to bless us in ways that we can't imagine can't begin to understand we're so well off or so blessed many of us with health many of us with with other blessings family and friends and the freedoms that we enjoy here in this country we thank you for this time that we can spend together today studying your word again we ask that what we say here today is is nothing uh more and nothing less than what is found in your scriptures that you've also blessed us with we ask that what we say may be an encouragement to those that hear and uh, that we'll all be able to learn and be edified together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matt, what do you think about the resurrection? You know, I never, when I was growing up, I knew the resurrection was a thing, obviously. I never really understood it to be like a salvation issue or, you know, with, with, in relation to this podcast, we always said, this is not meant to be a deep podcast. There are, you know, much, uh, smarter people, much more eloquent people. And I'm speaking for myself, but if you, if you're looking for those deep, deep dives into Greek words and things like that, this is not necessarily the place that you're going to get that and uh when you think about the resurrection you know it is or can be a deep topic and uh one might think well if you're not 
prepared to to handle deep topics or if if maybe this isn't the um the podcast where you get into that why are you getting into it well i think that the resurrection is so significant and so fundamental to even basic bible ideologies and um and so i think it is important that that everybody has at least a baseline understanding of not only that that christ was resurrected from the dead but also why that is significant and what it means for us as Christians. Um, yeah, that's kind of my view. You know, the apostles, that they emphasized the resurrection in their preaching everywhere they went. In fact, at one point early in the book of Acts, the apostles got into trouble with uh, rulers of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, who warned them and told them not to preach in Jesus' name anymore because you're gonna you're making us guilty of his blood. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they were, and yes, the Sanhedrin was guilty of the blood of Christ. Um, but part of the the victory and part of the wonderful thing about this is while they were instrumental in Christ's murder, he didn't stay dead. That tomb is empty. And the preaching of the empty tomb, it when I think about it, I get goosebumps. Um, it, it is exciting. It is thrilling to see how Christ rose in victory over death. Mm-hmm. I have this saying, and you'll hear me say it at least one more time today. Uh, Christ's life, our life ends in death. But Christ's death ended in life. We don't often think of life, I mean of death, having an ending. But his did. Let's read, if you would, First uh, Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 9. Are you waiting on me to read it? I, I was, but... Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. I can go ahead. I've got it. If, uh, okay, whatever. go ahead. All right. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Paul is beginning... What I, I begin, I've begun to call the Magna Carta or the the major document in the New Testament on the resurrection here in First Corinthians 15, as we have it in our Bibles. So the word resurrection itself, do you know what it means? I know you said we're, we're not going to be getting into Greek words all the <laughs> Oh, just a reanimation. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what type of of definition if you're looking at kind of the bible definition it's a reunification of the body soul and spirit um that's actually deeper than i intended (laughs) that's great though that's very and it's accurate that's what's important 
helps us understand what the scriptures are talking about when the scriptures are talking about resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. We want to understand the word of God. So Jesus was killed, and that's that's another deep topic that we might get into sometime is the crucifixion and various proofs that he actually died on, on the cross. One episode I would love to do, and we've talked about it, the medical aspects of Jesus' crucifixion. That would be at least one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love, I mean, to me, it, it just makes things so much more yeah. real. Um, yeah, sorry. No, that's Side good. That's, that's, yeah. That gives you hope to come by, reason to come back. Jesus died. That is a statement of fact. I know there's people who are going to deny that he died, and we're not getting into that today. Uh, but he died. And he was buried in a tomb for three days. Typically, three days, you'll have to help me out a little bit, means the body is starting to decompose. Yeah, actually, uh, in some cultures, uh, they believe that up to seven days, I think it is, that the body is still viable to maintain a soul. This is in like some Eastern cultures. And so... They believe that, uh, in fact, actually, Lazarus and his resurrection, which we'll talk about momentarily, I think, uh, that was part of the reason some people ask why Jesus waited. It was because that ideology that a body was was not fully dead until several days later, Jesus waited long enough to disprove even that thought. Yeah. Of course, this, this points to his power and his majesty. Uh, and his authority even over death. Uh, resurrection is, that's exactly right, the reunification of the body and the spirit. Job says, you know, resurrection even is all the way back in the Old Testament. Uh, some people place Job fairly early in the Old Testament chronology, and, and I agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. Um so Job has a, a patriarch of the fathers before the law of Moses. He has a conception of what resurrection is going to be. He says in Job chapter uh, 19, verse 23, Oh, that my words were written, that they were inscribed in a book, that with an iron stylus and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will rise up over the dust of this world, even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall behold God, whom I myself shall behold, and my eyes will see, and not another, how my heart fates within me. Job saying that even after I'm dead, I will rise again and be able to see God with these very eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 talks about a bodily resurrection. Yeah. I think Job talks about about a resurrection also, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing we're talking about, and I don't know if this is going backwards or not, but um, we're studying Romans right now in a study that we're involved in. And uh, yesterday, we just started it. So going through Romans 1, and I just noticed, I've noticed this before, I'm sure most of our, our listeners have, you certainly have, but Paul, when he's starting his um, introduction, he says, From Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, 
This gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was a descendant of David with reference to the flesh, who was appointed the son of God in power according to the Holy Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, Christ Jesus our Lord. What is that saying? I mean, to me, that's that's the way I read it. Uh, and I'm sure we'll learn more as we go into our Roman study. Um, that that's showing that that he has the power as the result of that resurrection. That resurrection was the proof that he is who he said he was. Am I right? That's right. That is the validation or verification of his divinity and the fact that he rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. As you were reading that, I was thinking this proves that this was a major theme in their preaching. Mm -hmm. And folks, these men... With few exceptions, the preachers in that we have recorded in the in the New Testament were born into the religion of the Jews. Many of them were, we might say, radical in their Judaism. They were complete Jews. They weren't playing games. And they left that generations-old religion for the religion of Jesus Christ. Not only did they leave it, they forsook their careers, their reputation, and even gave up their own life mm -hmm. because of their belief that Jesus, the Son of God, actually rose from the dead. You know, Brad Shockley was here a couple years ago, and he had given a lesson, and he had, one of the, the main points of the lesson was if Jesus is who he said he is, then he's all that really matters. And I think that was profoundly evidenced in his resurrection, that he is who he said he was. So Paul holds out for us in 1 Corinthians 15 and other writers in the gospel and the New Testament, Paul does in other epistles as well, the hope of our own resurrection because of Christ. In fact, at one point, he says, Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. Making reference, I believe that Jesus was the first to rise uh, in this New Testament era. There had been some who were resurrected before. We find at least three instances in the Old Testament. Elijah raises the son of the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17. Elisha raises the son of the Shunammite woman in first in Second Kings four, and in a bizarre incident, some men were running from the Assyrians, who were national enemies of Israel, and uh, they were taking uh, one of their friends who had died, uh, presumably killed in battle, uh, to to his family to be buried, and the Assyrians were hot on their trail, and they hid in a tomb. Well, it just happened to be the tomb of the prophet Elisha. And they threw their friend's carcass down, and he fell on the remains of Elisha and was resurrected from the dead then. And, of course, who could leave out Abraham? Mm -hmm. You know, Abraham doesn't make a statement of faith in the resurrection. There's no declarative statement in the Old Testament talking about his faith in the resurrection, but there is in the New Testament. That's the law that we live under today. In Hebrews 11, verse 19, says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, talking about Isaac, who he was going to sacrifice, who he was going to burn on the altar, 
even from the dead. Yeah. So Abraham looked forward to the time of the resurrection. This is the hope of men of humanity for ages to be resurrected, that, that death is not the end. You know, and I think that's evidenced uh, significantly in Hebrews chapter 11, when it says, having not seen, you know, what was promised, but having seen it afar off. It's easy to look at that and, and, and believe that they're talking about heaven, you know, or eternal reward, but none of that would be the case if it wasn't for the resurrection. And, and that resurrection is what will begin our ascension into that eternal abode. You can't, you can't have heaven without the resurrection. You can't have heaven without the resurrection. This is straightened from our notes a little bit, and I think that's, but I think that's healthy. I think that's positive. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, listen, that our preaching is, in, is vain, your faith also is vain. That word means empty. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we bore witness against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, you are still in your sins. This is a salvation issue. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I was thinking about uh, over the last few days of, of preparing for this and, and praying about the podcast and this topic and everything, there is a lot of conspiracy surrounding Jesus' resurrection. And and I think that that is... Podcast. Yeah. I think that's evidenced I mean, the weight of what Paul is talking about here with the resurrection was also the, you know, an equal amount of weight placed on it, even from a political standpoint when it was happening. Like they knew, the Romans knew yeah. if Jesus was not found in that tomb, that it was game over. Like they knew what it would do uh, from a political standpoint. And so it doesn't matter which way you look at it. The resurrection was just a central facet to the Christian faith. Uh, to Christianity. Right. Paul lists several in, in the reading we, we gave at the very beginning, uh, first verses 1 through 9. He lists several eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Now, this doesn't mean that they were there when Jesus came out of the tomb, that they saw him get up off of the bed from where he was dead. That's not what that's saying. They were eyewitnesses to his resurrection in that they saw him and had companionship with him after the resurrection. So they were testifying, witnessing mm -hmm. that he had raised from the dead. What were some of the things that he did, that they did together? That before or after? After, after the resurrection. That Jesus did? Yeah. I was thinking about a scripture. I missed okay. that question. I'm sorry. I'll answer the question. And I, I, that's all. I was caught. I was trying to wing it, and then I was like, nope, I'm caught. They got no. <laughs> That's too funny. This is good, though. Um, so they talked with him. Yes. Had conversation with him, right? He appeared. Now, that may be 
passed off as well. The prophets had conversations with spirits and, and angels all the time. So, okay, so here's another one. They walked with him. We have record of two walking down the road of Emmaus and having a conversation with him and their heart being burned or burning within them as, as he explained to them the truths of the kingdom of God. Okay? Again, we might be able to pass that off a little bit, but here's one I don't know that we can. There's, there's actually two that to me are incontrovertible. He prepared fish and ate fish with them. Yeah. There is no way that anybody will will ever be convinced that a spirit eats mm-hmm. or that a spirit cooks for humans. Yeah. I the, the I love that part. Sirs, have you any fish? Yeah. <laughs> he knew good and well they had nothing. They had nothing. <laughs> but he had breakfast for them by the sea. In fact I have a sermon. It's in in the latter part of a rather long series, so if you hear it it might be a long time sounds good. Uh, called Breakfast by the Sea. Anyway, um, not only that, at one point he met with them as they were eating and they were able to touch him. Thomas, who struggled with his faith, will be nice to Thomas. Um, he struggled with his faith. He put his fingers in, his, in the Lord's side and touched the prints of the nails in his hands. These are proofs that people died for horrible deaths. Um, Jesus resurrected from the tomb, from the grave. Mm -hmm. And our faith is based on his resurrection. The importance of the resurrection, of course, is, is found in that last statement, that our faith is based in his resurrection. Because, as Paul said, if he didn't rise, our faith is in vain. I don't want to get a cart before the horse, so if if you were intending on getting to it, that's fine. But what about, how does, and and this kind of ties into an entirely different topic, but how does Christ's resurrection foretell of our resurrection? I think it goes back to uh, him being the firstborn from the dead. I don't think I was going to get into it, so let's go ahead. Lead the way here. There are many people that that do not believe in a bodily resurrection. And I believe, kind of like I said at the beginning, that that's a fundamental doctrine of, of what we believe, practice, and teach. Uh, and that is also evidenced in, by Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15 in the latter part when he talks about our resurrection. And... <laughs> Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he resurrected others. And, you know, the the most notable of those was the raising of Lazarus when it was beyond any doubt. You know, some of the other ones uh, that, that he had raised from the dead, you know, it, the Bible illustrates that they weren't dead long. Like this had just happened. That wasn't the case with Lazarus. So, I mean, it, it seems like his, his demonstration of his power over death kind of grew or what would be a good word? It kind of climaxed there right before his own death and resurrection. And 
you know, he, so he raises Lazarus from the dead and then Jesus dies and then Jesus is resurrected. And just like you were just illustrating, Jesus was resurrected in his body. You know, he told Thomas, reach out and put your hands in the holes in my hand. You know, he was, he had that same body and, and that is what we have to look forward to. And why do you believe that that's significant to our faith today? Totally off the cuff. Totally off the cuff. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Here we go. Paul promises, or the Spirit through the Apostle Paul promises, that we will be raised together with Christ, that the dead in Christ will raise first. I believe that that body will come out of that tomb. Of the, of, of the righteous will mm-hmm. come out of the tomb and be raised together to meet the Lord in the air. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, you know, the, the Bible definition or what we could see illustrated in scriptures as far as resurrection is a reunification of those three divine uh, parts that make up who we are, our bodies and, and our, our lives, our, our hearts, our minds, all that kind of thing. Um, Paul illustrates in the latter parts of 1 Corinthians 15 that, you know, what you sow, you reap. And he, he gives that illustration of a seed. And I think that's so powerful because you don't, you don't, um, you know, here in Iowa, you don't sow a, a <laughs> seed to, to plant corn and expect soybeans to come up. You're going to expect what you sowed is what's going to, to be found at harvest. So our body is like a seed. Yeah, I believe so. And what goes in the ground comes out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul also illustrates that we're going to ascend into the heavens and then be changed. And I don't know what that's like necessarily, but I do know that when Jesus comes back and those graves burst forth, that it's going to be in my physical body I because agree. that's what the Bible teaches. I agree. I don't know exactly what paradise is going to look like. We have a lot of wonderful metaphors in, in Revelation. Uh, describing heaven, but every one of them, I believe, depicts our bodies being there. Mm-hmm. Some people wonder, um, I know, in fact, we had Kevin Presley for a meeting a few months ago, and he had talked about this topic. And, you know, some people who maybe are of the opinion that we're going to have like a spiritual body um, or a, a spirit body is one that I've heard before that, you know, what about people who don't have bodies to be buried? You know, people who are lost at sea and eaten by the fishes or, you know, blown to, to, to bits in a, in a, in a war, in a battlefield or things like that. Um, and, uh, you have anything to say about that? I've got one idea. I, I believe that the resurrection for them will be the same as it is for us. Mm-hmm. That it will be a bodily resurrection. I've had various conversations with people, and some of them became pretty bizarre. Uh, but my my consolation to them was, God is powerful enough to make the body to begin with. I believe in His power, and that is great enough to resurrect us 
from whatever condition our body may be in. Mm -hmm. If we think about this logically, uh, let's take the Apostle Paul, for instance. He wrote so powerfully and masterfully about the resurrection. His body is surely decayed. I, I doubt there's any remains left now. It's been almost 2,000 full years. Mm -hmm. uh, people would suppose, I guess, that he died somewhere in the 70s, A.D. I don't know. You know I'm taking a shot at that one. But so, you know, we've got 30 or 40 oh, years. Excuse you. 1950 years. <laughs> Exaggerate here. Okay. But still, his body is yeah. decomposed. Let's, let's be real here. It is returned to dust, just as God promised it would do in the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. I believe that Paul will be resurrected when Jesus comes back. The, I think it's the second law of thermodynamics. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. It only changes form. And so it doesn't matter what happened to those people, where their cells and their atoms and molecules are now. The same God that created it as, is the same God that can pull it all back together again. That's right. You said you had an idea. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God is <laughs> just just that our bodies are never gone. The 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 matter is still there. Right. That's right. God is able. Um. This was the central theme of the early church's teaching, and I don't think it would harm us for it to be our central theme either. And maybe. Maybe I need to do a little more heavy lifting. Um, but I believe that we can teach the doctrines of the Scripture regarding resurrection in a way that the newest Christian, with the least amount of Bible knowledge, can have the hope that the Scriptures give with an understanding of what God intends for us to, to know. I just had an epiphany. Go ahead. <laughs> it may not be much of one, but uh, you were talking about it being a central theme in the early church. The very first gospel sermon yeah. that we read of, Peter and the apostles on the day of Pentecost. And Peter is trying to impress upon these Jews what they just did. Like, you just killed the one that you have been looking for for how many years? And, and was going through and giving them the the you know demonstrating to them fulfillment of prophecies and the proofs that this was the son of god in uh, acts chapter 2 verse 36 therefore let all the house of israel know beyond a doubt that god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord and christ and then i flip back over to that passage that i mentioned in romans that uh that christ who was appointed the son of god in power according to the holy spirit by the resurrection from the dead Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our resurrected Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank God. And I'm just so glad that we have this hope. Yeah, if it wasn't for that resurrection, then none of this would matter. It would not matter. And I think that's what, what Peter was trying to, to tell them. The resurrection gives us hope because 
regardless of how evil we may be or may have been, think about this. These people who killed Jesus Christ, crucified the Lord of glory, as the scriptures call him, had the hope, if they were repentant, if they would obey his gospel, of the same resurrection, because he resurrected from the, from the grave. One final point, um, if that's good for you. I'm good to go. Okay. In all the world religions, and, and I've studied this some, uh, I can always do more, uh, the mystery religions, Eastern religions, even Islam, the gods and goddesses are not prophesied or promised to return. They're just not. The renewal of plant life in some of the pagan religions was a sign that the gods and goddesses had returned, but no one ever saw them. <laughs> Allah is never promised to return. Allah has never become man. Christianity is better. Christianity is different. God became one of us, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. He left his place of glory, took on, his, on himself our body, experienced all the pain and suffering and even the temptation that we experience, and he suffered and he died, just like one of us, taking our place. Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Adonis, Astarte, Bel, or any of their other divine co-beings have never done this. They just, they just never did. Jesus did, though. There's no hope of meeting them face to face. None whatsoever. But with Jesus, because of resurrection, we have hope of meeting him face to face. Think about that. We have hope of seeing the one who died for us. He ascended to the Father, and he promised to return. And on his return, he promised that we would be resurrected with him. That's enough for me. That's, that's an, you know, I have no problem putting my faith in, in these um, proofs. And I think that's what they were intended to do. I think so, too. There's many more. All right. Well, we appreciate you tuning in with us here on the Send the Light podcast. I'm Matt Tyson here, Brother Mike Bolton, and we're glad that you've tuned in. And we hope this has been beneficial for you. I know it's been beneficial for me. Um, so keep keep tuning in with us on whatever platform you're watching. Like, subscribe, um, send us suggestions if there's something that you would like to, to hear about. Um, we're happy to, to study the issue out and and um, try to bring forth some some basic points surrounding those issues or questions. Uh, as Brother Mike said, we have a lot of different um, resources that we can send to you. We've got Bible study courses by mail. Uh, we've got tracks and articles. We can point you to uh, various online resources. Uh, if you've got, like I said, questions about any certain Bible topic, we're happy to meet with you and to talk about that. We can talk on the phone. Um, meet for a cup of coffee, like Brother Mike said, uh, or point you to some, some other resources that may be able to help answer those as well. And you can find some of those free resources on our website at cedarterracecoc.com. We're here um, 
at the uh, building that we assemble here. Um, the church here gathers on Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And we're here at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive here in Waterloo. We'll have our phone numbers and email addresses listed on the screen and in the podcast podcast notes. Um, hmm. Am I forgetting anything else? I just said that. 10.30 and 7. <laughs> 10.30 Sundays, 7 on Wednesdays. Uh, anyway, we're, we're excited to have you with us. We look forward to chatting with you next time. And uh, feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns. Otherwise, God bless. Thank you much. God bless you. Change your themes like the world, like the world forevermore.